the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Be forgot and never brought to mind. Acquaintance be forgot and days of old That's quite the harmony there. It's the Beach Boys. Yeah. Fun. Well, well, we're almost there. I'm yeah. a little sad to leave. I must admit, um, to leave an odd year. I, I prefer. I'm more comfortable with odd yeah. years. Yeah. Um, then even even well, the last few years have been pretty odd. I know. Well, That's last year with COVID and all that. Right, but uh, 24 makes me nervous. I'll be much more comfortable with 25. But that's okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, and that's a silly. It's just a silly thing. I'm silly. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, but I bet Kiefer Sutherland would like it. Okay. 24. Oh, 24. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a movie or a show, TV show. or something, it's a right? TV yeah. show. Well, it, it flew by. Whatever else you so can fast. say about 2023, yeah. it seems to have gone by so fast. Uh, except when I think about it, uh, I had the stroke in February, and that seems like a long time ago mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But uh, really, in truth, 23 seems to go by real fast. Yes. I think it had something to be on the on the downhill side of life. It goes faster <laughs> or something. I think. Oh, there you go. I think that's very true. Yeah. Yes, more and that's of my a good life is behind me than yes. in front of me. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's the idea <laughs> of it. But not really, because eternity is yeah. before me. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a secret. Well, we're here at the Bible Live, and we're going to do something, uh, I think, kind of unique tonight. I want you folks to think about your, um, your Christian life. 
think about your relationship with God, mm -hmm. and I would like a standing question to put out there for you. Give us a call, 210-340-9585. Give us a call, and let me know uh, some truth mm -hmm. about God, about God's Word, about Jesus, about the Christian life, some truth that really uh, excited you, encouraged you, or whatever you want to say, some truth about God and His ways that you uh, are excited about, that you made this year uh, a discovery. Now, it doesn't have to be brand new. Uh, it can be another a truth that you've known for a long time and that you've kind of got a new grasp of it, a new perspective. It really mm -hmm. came home to you uh, about it. And I'd love you to call in and tell us what have you learned about God, mm -hmm. about His Word, about the Bible, about Jesus, Christian life, what spiritual truth have you learned that had been exciting for you? And I hope you have such a uh, a truth. I, I hope you do. I, I you know, I, I teach uh, out of Lackland for the basic trainees. And every now and then I break a little bit the pattern and I have a, a question and answer with a hundred or hundred and fifty or so young men and women, uh, some of them new believers and everything. And I'm really impressed. They always have questions. Mm -hmm. They always, they're thinking, they're wondering, how does this work? Yeah. Uh, what about this? What about that? What, what, about, what, what do you think about, uh, what does the Bible say about tattoos, <laughs> <laughs> right. and yeah, they're interested. Yeah, practical. In a lot thing. of them, yeah, sure. And I, I, I tell them every time, you ought to, you ought to always have about three or four questions, <laughs> good, significant questions mm -hmm. about God uh, or His ways, and you ought to, that just proves your thinking. You're you're involved in the process. You're walking with God, and we always have some questions, some things we're learning it can be on our mind. Otherwise, I think maybe sometimes God's just some kind of a concept. You know, He just right. uh, there, and we don't ever think about Him really right. in terms of life. We're just... Uh, uh, only religious moments or whatever. But uh, I want to encourage you to give us a phone call and tell us what uh, a, a significant for you uh, discovery you made in year 23 uh, as you walk with God and, and you uh, walk with our Lord, okay? Give us a call and tell us that. Now, we're going to ask questions we covered we well in the last couple of weeks we finished the book of Leviticus mm -hmm. uh, with its theme of holiness mm -hmm. uh, holiness the life that is pleading to God 
Well, we finished that, and we started the New Testament uh, just in time for Christmas. We started the book of Matthew that begins with the coming of the Messiah, his birth, and so on. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that, talk about Matthew principally tonight. But don't forget my invitation to call about something you learned. And I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask my tweet daughter, <laughs> uh, too, maybe there's something, what have you discovered? What yeah. kind of thought? I bet there have been several things, but usually there is one, one thing that kind of, kind of. Sure. Yeah. And it does seem to, it tends to be, at least for me in my experience, cyclical almost. You know, there's, uh, like you said, it might be something that you've experienced or a truth that has mm-hmm. really hit home. And then, and, and maybe it's because of that idea of questions. Like in order to really ask a question, a thoughtful, good question, you, it, it does take some pre- thought. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 a good question means that you've thought through and you know what you know and you know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. knowing what you don't know is Pretty half, important is too. very important. Yeah, it's half the battle. And so that ends up being, of course, the question. Oh, I know I don't know this. This is my question. And then I find it a lot of times that, I mean, it's even... Especially you see it, I think, in Matthew. Mm-hmm. You know, they ask him all sorts of questions mm-hmm. like, should we pay taxes? Or, uh, you know, and, and Jesus's responses are brilliant. And oftentimes it's a question in return. <laughs> and yeah. I find that in my own life, often I have this kind of question about creation or holiness or you know, uh, or the Christology, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it doesn't ever seem to be, okay, this is the answer as much as it is. Okay. It begat questions, begat questions, but the, the questions are more poignant. They mm-hmm. are deeper and, um, and you end up just sort of chewing and meditating on a certain theme, um, throughout yeah. months or a year, right. or, and uh, and holiness has been one. Um, this year, though, I remember it, it really was something. It wasn't holiness; <laughs> it was something else. And I can't, and it was very exciting. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like those weeks between. I saw a meme. Sorry, this little. I saw a meme once. Actually, a couple of days ago, and uh, but there's that big joke between like the black hole that are is the week between Christmas and New Year, <laughs> just yeah. sort of everybody's wandering around because the schedules are all off, kids aren't in school, everybody's you know it's like this no man's land right. <laughs> in terms of the days. That used but, to be the most boring week when I, think I it was is for Will when I was living at, at the boys' ranch. Yes. That would uh, <laughs> no. all the boys with families aww, aww. got to go home and right. be with their mom and dad and uh-huh. so on. Poor dad. And there were about maybe thirty of us who were uh, Left. really orphans, you right, know, true no orphans. mom, no dad, and uh, we stayed at the ranch, and it was really boring because. <laughs> 
uh, TV in those days. There wasn't any programming on worth watching. Uh, maybe a football game, but that we on the weekend. And they paid you double for doing oh. any job, milking the cows, slopping the hogs, something like that. So I'd say at the ranch, and uh, I, I made them a lot of money because, of, no, <laughs> I say a lot of money. Well, we were $25 a month with a top paying job, uh, watching distance and uh, pots and pans. That's what it was. Oh, that's nice because there yeah. weren't as many dishes and pots and pans during no, that time that, either. No, that. That's right. But uh, we. And if we didn't want to do it, we didn't have to. And the staff members, the dorm parents, did all the work. Aww. They milked the cows, and they did the stuff. Nice. So it's kind of fun to watch the staff members uh, do the chores and so on. But it was uh, yeah. it's a strange were, week. Yeah, we were, we were <laughs> mainly bored. Right, you slept a lot. Yes. Well, somebody who put. Um, you know, the the real question during that week is, when was the last time everybody has showered, I think was yeah, one funny right. thing that I saw. And it made me pause and think, actually, that's true. <laughs> when did I make yeah, Will take a lot? Anyway, so I am trying to wrap my brain around getting back into routine and, and schedule a little bit. Um, but, yeah, this, this past year, uh, I think, well, I think every year as you get – you know, especially like you said, that that we're on the downside of that roller coaster, we're yeah. on the downhill, goes faster, and so I think there's a, a theme of just the concept of time and death working backwards, and what heaven. You better explain that death working mm-hmm. backwards, or or get C.S. Lewis yeah. one of the other. One, I know. Or the other. He's not, the one that said that, right? It is, yeah. It's, so it's not necessary. It's not a a biblical wording, but I think he did such a great job of taking that idea of time and eternal life and what that means and what that looks like in this world. What you know, the idea of being born. I mean, Jesus says yeah, born right. again. Yeah. And so it, I think C.S. Lewis just puts some words to what that whole process is like. Sanctification is really what it is. Death working backwards is maybe what we would call now sanctification. We're, we're moving forward toward life. Right. Not Right. Death, right. So we we're born. We're born physically. We're born, and our bodies are going to end in kind of chaos, and eventually we'll break down mm-hmm. and we'll die. So we are heading towards a physical death. But yeah. when we are born again, we are spiritually. We're born physically alive. We're born spiritually dead. When we are born again, our bodies will die, but and so we're working towards death. But spiritually, we've become alive and are working 
towards more life. <laughs> and we'll receive a new body. Yes, so. and we will receive, mm-hmm. yes, an internal. And uh, so Lewis is, the way he works that into his books is in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe mm-hmm. when Aslan is killed. Spoiler alert, <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. if anybody has not read it. But Aslan's, of course, the Christ figure, the Christ. And uh, when... He says, well, the deep, the, the witch knew a de- the deep magic, but there is a deeper magic still that she did not know that when an innocent victim willingly gives their life for another, death begins to work backwards. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so that was the, that is what, um, so when Aslan is killed, he's innocent, he li- gives his life for Edmund. And she didn't realize that death started working backwards and Aslan, yeah. the stone table breaks and he comes back to life. And yeah, yeah. it's uh, so uh, um, that, you know, every you, year gets more and more exciting. Your discovery this year had to do with time. And, right. Yes. Uh, it's always been there for time. me. It's always mm-hmm. been uh very, I think I even, uh, sorry, and we will get to Leviticus, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, with your stroke, you know, and yeah. I, I think this time in life for a lot of, I mean, I'm 40, mm-hmm. and so for those of the, we have, I think, uh, what is this, we're, we're the, it's the middle generation, yeah. we've got older parents, John, you experienced this, this. Uh, and then, and then you have younger though nieces, nephews, younger children, and so you've got, got four generations. right. Oh wow, right. And you've got them on both sides of you. You've got older and younger, so you really kind of feel that the mm-hmm. cycle of life, I guess, mm-hmm. and that becomes more and more. But when I was younger, I used to. I, I knew that my parents would not always be alive and with us. I and I used to have dreams that really? you or mom I haven't have oh. not told you this. I would have in my dream y'all somebody would die. Sorry. No, <laughs> that's right. But if this helps, it was devastating. I mean, I would wake up with a tight chest and just like, you know, have you ever sobbed in your dreams and then you wake up and you're kind of crying, but not, or I don't know if that's happened now, to anybody. I can't but. be happy about this. <laughs> well, the good news is you didn't die. <laughs> right. That's the so, good news, I guess. But it has been a reality, but it, it just, I knew that that must be something that I greatly Fear, you know, or that I that has that it weighs on me. Mm-hmm. This idea that parents I and mean, I wouldn't always necessarily physically yeah. be here. So I've tried to. I've for many years been working on wrapping my mind around that, my emotions around that, yeah. and um, anyway, I, more and more. I've you been know, thinking yeah. about that, and again, we're asking our listeners yes. to call in <laughs> and tell us. What you have learned, what mm-hmm. has uh, your study of the Bible or your thoughts about God or experiences have taught you about God, the Christian life, the Bible, and so mm-hmm. on. I think uh, I have tried because of the stroke and so on, and I was already getting there. I've been, I've been contemplating uh, that last step. Wh- mm. I wonder what it's like when you make that last, that, you breathe the last 
breath here and you take your first breath in glory mm -hmm. whatever that means uh, mm -hmm. we're not I assume physical creatures and so we're not breathing I, I don't know that's mm -hmm. what right. I'm wondering what is it like when yeah. we move from the physical world into the spiritual uh, realm the spiritual domain and uh, what will greet it what how will we perceive uh, things and and Jesus and God and what, what it, it it fascinates me but we're not told a great deal in the Bible about it it's funny it come like uh, in the book of Matthew or uh, others book uh, you look at the a transfiguration mm -hmm. of Jesus mm -hmm. and, and they Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus uh, in his glorified body and you wonder and Peter saw it uh, Peter James and John saw it they perceived it with their eyes I guess and it became visible in this world and uh, you wonder just what is it like when we get into that realm but uh, and I've been thinking about it more and more uh, I, I'll tell you what my big discovery was though when we okay. come back okay uh, I'll, I'll talk about the thing uh, it's not really a new discovery but a, a newer fresh approach and, and thought uh, I have had about God and uh, his word and so on. Okay. I can tell that when we come back. Yes, we do have a lot. Leviticus uh, is really exciting, by the way. <laughs> well, kind of. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry, Leviticus. Uh, well, no, it, it, it is. I think uh, especially because that idea, that concept of holiness mm -hmm. and what that means, I think sometimes it gets uh, it, holy, kind of holier than thou is mm -hmm. the phrase. That, yeah. And it's not, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean like a pride or a puffiness or you're so good. It is more accurate as a, a definition of being set apart, mm -hmm. more accurate. It's um, utterly unique holy, completely set apart, nothing like it. Devoted, dedicated to, yes. to God, yes. ultimately. Right, God ultimately. And, of course, he is holy, and we are to be holy like him. And what does that mean? And he is good, yes, and mm. we should be. I, I guess you could, a, a person could be, I guess they. you think of holy as good because the most holy is God and God is good. Yeah. You would never, I guess, I guess, uh, oh, this is interesting. Um, you don't think of evil as being set apart, evil, holy. So I wonder, so there is a innate goodness, I think, to a tool. It's not just completely unique, utter uniqueness and set apart. It's an interesting thought. Right. Lewis uh, said something, I think it's in his book, Mere Christianity. Okay. Uh, he said there are thousands of ways to be evil. Right. But one, ultimately yeah. one, 
to be good. Right. Well, and that would make sense, too, with the, the way is narrow and few will find it. Or, you know, even in the parables, uh, he said there's uh, well, um, was just, well, few are chosen. The wedding feast. Yes. Um, very few. Are, so many are invited. Few are chosen. Uh, so that, it, yeah, that I think holiness ultimately, yeah, there is only one way. So well, maybe that's uh, why there's. Ultimately, there is. Uh, it it's like a math problem. It, right. It foundation is one, mm-hmm. whereas evil, every man wants to be his own king and right. figure out his own way. That's, it. that's the essence yeah. of evil. Yes. I like that. That's interesting. So, in these ideas of holy, Leviticus, though, is where we really see the rubber meet the road in how God intends us to be set apart. And all of that is meant to show more of who of his character. So Leviticus, you really get to see a lot of who yep. God is manifested through the laws of the of uh, the laws that he gives his people, which is really fun. I mean, yeah. for people of the law, it's a fun book. Yeah. This is the Bible Live. We are going to go through the book of Leviticus and Matthew when we come back and hear a little bit more about what God has been moving in Dad's life this year. Give us a phone call, okay? We'll be back after this. Our voices we raise and our shouts of joy ring out. Know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us, we His people sing. Let the ground shake as our voices we raise and our shouts of joy ring out. Know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us. We as people sing Oh, shout for joy All the earth As we enter in His gates Give thanks to Him Praise His name For He is good His love is forever Yeah, that is I think that is also very ultimately with Matthew, and we'll get to that. We'll wrap up Leviticus. Uh, We're kind of doing two weeks worth of thoughts, I guess, and commentary on uh, readings because we were not in last um, Sunday, which was Christmas Eve. Uh, So we finished up Leviticus. We started Matthew, and then we almost finished the last half of Matthew this past week. Yeah. Um, so much to cover oh, in really? that. Matthew <laughs> too is, much, is very full. Yes. And it, uh, let's talk about Matthew a right. bit. Right. The yes. theme okay. of Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, of course, are the four Gospels. The theme of Matthew is Christ the King. And it's... Uh, is that okay? So I real that and that song, ultimately, so many times talk about questions. Dad in the first segment said, "I uh, had to put a question out there to you all. Uh, what has God particularly shown you? What truth has been 
revealed and emphasized in your life this past year, we'd love to hear it. 210 uh, 210-340-9585. A lot of times those truths come from questions that we yeah. have, right? And yeah. one of the questions as I listen to Matthew, sorry, I'll be real quick. But it's, all right. It's, it's, it's so, it's, so interesting to listen to Jesus as a teacher. He, uh, you know, is rabbi as a te- as their teacher, and as so, there's disciples following him, trying to emulate him, trying to be good students. And Jesus could sometimes, I think, probably be a little frustrating <laughs> um, because a lot of his his questions, he you know. He, Question, he answers with questions, or it might seem like a paradox. I think that's the thing that comes over and over in my mind. He's so good about like pushing that button, getting right to the heart of what your issue really is. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with the rich young ruler, right? Well, if uh, you've obeyed the law, I've done all of this, and Jesus just goes right to the the heart of it. We'll give all of that, you know. Or let's see, or when um, John and um, the sons of thunder when James and John's mother goes to Jesus and asks, <laughs> can, can my, my two son, sons, yeah, <laughs> which way to go, mom, I guess, you know, yeah. <laughs> talking about the ultimate football mom or you know, um, soccer mom. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she's the, and the way Jesus you know, handles that and uh, uh, he didn't really. Right. It's he kind didn't of a, really get that the him. first will be last. The mm-hmm. greatest will be the least. He's kind of this paradox. Or, you know, that when he talks oh, about... Are you able to pay the price? Are you able to pay? Yes, right. Requires. Yes. You know. And I think that that, yes, the price. And that's what you always have to go back to. Because what I think our greatest struggle is in submitting to the father in 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 and in our walk this walk of faith is admitting that it is a walk of faith you know that um there is a god and i am not him uh, there's that other parable uh, the the wedding song the song and remember he says that uh, john the bab they played a a, a dirge and you wouldn't dance you know you didn't you weren't happy with it they played a joyful song wedding song and you weren't happy with that and I remember one time there was a sermon, and Tim Keller talks about that statement, and people kind of look, just kind of read past that real quick because they don't know what it means exactly. And the idea is that you're never happy with what is being played because you want to be the one playing it. And that's not your right oh. or your role. Your role, God, He is the ultimate playmaker, you know, He is the one. And this life is constantly is a and that is very difficult. I think the pride and everything within us and our nature butts up against that. We do not. We want to be in control. We want to be in charge. We want to be making the calls and we want to know. And it's hard to submit, especially because. The God of the universe, one of you think his characteristics is power and might, and it is. But but the ultimate is that he willingly laid down his life. 
And we have to constantly go back to that is yeah. when we are most strong is when we are weakest in a, in a sense. Anyway, I don't know if any of that made sense. No, it but makes perfect yes. sense. And with that song, Christ the King, the, the real reason we bend the knee is because he's worthy. He is absolutely worthy and he's good. He's good. He's that, good. That is uh, uh, an important question. Uh, Lewis asked another question one time that I have never really finally, in a way, answered it for myself. Mm, okay. But kind of I have. But <clears throat> is God good because... He acts good, or is God... Acts good because he's good. good because he's good. Right. And, and it's, a, it's a hard question. I think I, I think I lean toward the idea that goodness exists uh, apart from God. Goodness is... Selfless means I pour out myself in for the well-being of my creation, for the well-being of others. Uh, I pour out myself for them, and yet uh, God has always existed, and He's always been good. but that I think goodness is an attribute, it's a characteristic, does, as an idea, does exist apart mm-hmm. from God, but God, because of the way he acts, the way he pours out himself in benefit of his created beings, every other creature in the world, he is good. We can say that. Uh, I think he that glorifies God more. The fact he's earned the right to be good by being good. He's <laughs> not just good because that's his nature. He earns the right. The fact that that it's his nature. Uh, it goes too deep for me. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, past your pay grade. Uh, yeah. Well, that reminds me of, though, that one of the questions in the mm-hmm. uh, um, first reading, so this was in Matthew 6, okay. but Jesus teaches that the eye is to the yes. body as our motives are yeah. take to your ti- Take yeah. your time on that because yeah. most people, I think, read that verse and they read it what Jesus said there, and we go, what? What? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what does that That's mean? A, right, yes. uh, So I, you ought to uh, take that, explain it thoroughly, because it's really a beautiful thought, actually. Mm-hmm. I think if, if we are understanding, uh, understanding it correctly. Where is that found? It's in Matthew 6. 
And I'll read. Um, I'm gonna. I'll read it real quick. Don't store up. Tre- the, the context is that famous storing up your treasures in heaven. You know, uh, don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and de- and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light. For your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Okay. So clear. As not no, just, just, yeah. <laughs> but this is that's not a, easy. I, right. I, I guess for me, <laughs> um, maybe for uh, the Jewish mind, right. it may have been uh, clearer or easier. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But how the idea, the eye is the light of the body, and it uh, something. Mm-hmm. What is he talking about? Mm-hmm. As, as our motives are to uh, right to our actions, um, mm-hmm. the eye is to the body. The, the eye is to the body. They guide you through a dark room, and you mm-hmm. don't stub your toe, mm-hmm. and, and it you also, don't run into right. a piece of furniture, a wall. Yeah. So your eye guides your body in a proper way. And the thought that uh, I had gleaned from someone else, I didn't okay. come up with it by myself, was that the idea there is that your eye is to the body as your motives are to your actions. Or right. Well, I think your your eye is is uh, in other words, it's what I always think of that. So, um, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, yeah. be careful, little eyes. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Be careful, little. Uh, because what you, I mean, you think of David and Bathsheba, right? Yeah. It started with yeah. her, with him putting in, being in a position that he was looking, he saw. And I think what you choose to gaze upon, what you choose to look at, that is. Those are the things that you're opening up your your mind yeah. to, and uh, I think then in that case maybe, uh, in other words, what you're you know if you're if you're keeping your gaze on materialism or you keep it's kind of that I, I a little bit with lust. Would it be and, maybe uh, your eye it's to your body like your values, mm-hmm. the things you. Value are mm-hmm. to your. I, th- I think inevitably, what you're looking upon is going to be the things from which you're choosing to desire, and so maybe what you, are, as far as motives, what you're sort of allowing in, what you're, what you're living for, living by, is going to be what your actions end up producing or what you end up acting upon. I think that has to do with um, 
that would a, be my. It's a tough saying, I think. I mm-hmm. think uh, mm-hmm. to get it. But as far uh, as maybe, God's goodness and his motives and his action, there's a lot to chew on there. Yeah, there really is. <laughs> is um, motivation. It, but back to the theme of faith, okay. everybody on planet Earth lives by faith. Every human being lives by faith in something or someone. Including um, Jesus. Yeah, everyone uh, live by faith in something or someone, mm-hmm. believer and unbeliever alike. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, I think I can safely say we as human beings, we don't like live by faith. Right. We don't like faith. Which we, I have often thought that is, if we under, that's our gut reaction. But when I teach out at Lackland, this is something actually that I try to, mm-hmm. you think that you don't like to live by faith. But imagine the alternative. You would never be so pleasantly surprised by a good book ending or a movie or um you would ne- there would never be the surprise surprised by joy. Yeah. There would never be that element of wonder and adventure and excitement because it, so so I try to I try to be a a marketer for faith. Yeah, <laughs> I'm you're right. Market. It. That's what I'm saying. In general, we don't like. And why is that? Well, we actually we want to know. Everything we want to know how it's going to turn out, right. why it happened, and you know why, who, what, when, where, how, and why. Mm-hmm. We want to know all the answers. Mm-hmm. Control. I think that I do. And uh, we don't like uh, not knowing. The unknown is we shy mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. from it. And I think we uh, tend to believe that there's power in knowing mm-hmm. so I, I think when we get caught up in sort of what this world values and what this timeline values mm-hmm. limited resources right limited time and so there's this idea well knowledge is power mm-hmm. and we need power in order to live this world correctly or um, be successful. I think that's the mindset that we slip into when we start to, when we are afraid of living by faith. Um, And I think that's what is so sweet and what is, let's talk about, you know, salt and light in the Christian, you know, a Christian who is salt and light, uh, when you're not afraid of anything, that is very appealing to mm-hmm. a world that is bound by fear of losing or of something mm-hmm. not going the way they want it to go to. I mean, I, I you go back to the Colosseum days and the Christians that were just fearless because um, did they they took those lions and they met death and and that was very powerful. I mean, talk about a testimony. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Jesus, you know, he he was. He walked to his death. Surely and he, the, the, the 
Roman Surely centurion. this man was the son of God. Yeah. Oh, right. Impressed it, by, yes. wow, such right. courage. Yes, and I think that that's ultimately why Christians, um, in terms of your walk, or your, one of the, I think, the greatest things a Christian can do is love well. And, and, and that love, can, you can love because you don't have, you're not right. living in fear. That, that's what I'm beginning at is... Uh, the object of your faith is as important as having faith. You can have your faith in an unworthy object and it won't do you any good. You can have a but, lot of faith yeah. in something that is unworthy and yeah. it doesn't matter. This, mm-hmm, right. But if you, I think uh, I like it to being uh, saddled. Saddle sore. <laughs> Do you know what it means to be saddle sore? I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But if you ride a, 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 lot, a lot of horseback riding, uh, I did. I grew up riding continually. We were, uh, every week I probably spent at least two or three days riding horse. How and fun. so we were out riding. Uh, doing chores and so on, or just recreational riding, or riding broncs or bulls or something. And uh, if you don't, if you go for a while without riding, and then you get on a horse and you ride, let's say, two or three days, pretty content, you get saddle sore, meaning, oh, your backside gets hurting and uh, you're kind of right. chafed, and it's oh, yeah. really miserable. But I keep telling the, the young men, the trainees, we got to get used to walking by faith. Mm-hmm. Get get work those muscles. Used to the saddle those, of mm-hmm. faith yeah. and ride, and you can get to the point where you welcome it. You, you right. welcome the, the then it's fun. The, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think. Uh, the object of the faith, if we can learn to trust God and get comfortable, mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. fight it. Quit right. fighting against it. Right. Get comfortable trusting God mm-hmm. and knowing, even if you don't know the reason why, mm-hmm. that it's comfortable trusting Him and knowing we're in His hands. Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot more by that. I think this is something we see in the life of Jesus. Um, Remember Adam and Eve were the the proving ground for their relationship with God. Uh, And they looked, they were approaching the relationship with God through... uh, from the side of sinless innocence, right. and that uh, the the testing of that faith at that point was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. They were going to come into an awareness and experience mm-hmm. that would become free moral agents with understanding of right and wrong, because. And, because of that tree of knowledge, that temptation, uh, and, and Satan even had to write, 
if you eat of that, you're going to come to the full knowledge of good and evil like God. Now, he didn't tell them the whole truth, but he's very deceptive, a liar. Satan is, his greatest weapon is uh, information, and, and he's a liar. And he wants to sow chaos and confusion and misery mm -hmm. to us as God people. But what they didn't know would Adonim, yes, if they chose evil, they would come into the knowledge of good and evil. That's true, experientially. Okay. But they couldn't have gotten there. Uh, choosing good. Yes, but they could have gotten the same result of right. knowing good and evil and even a deeper understanding right. of good and evil by having chosen the good. Right. And that's what we see in Jesus. He consistently chose yeah. good. Yeah. And his understanding of good and evil was profound. Right. The way he yeah. could... Take a situation, he could decipher it, mm -hmm. and, and he could see what made it good and what could in, mm -hmm. in the given situation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's similar. Maybe it's the same idea of a person understanding life and death, like Cain and Abel. You know, Cain understood the value of life. Mm-hmm. In a way, by by committing murder, yeah. and then he got a real, and that that's of course. So yes, he understood, but, but on the on the uh, yeah on, on the devastating side, uh, yeah. the de with a devastating choice. Uh, in the mm, same way, if thought. if yeah. Cain had not, he would have understood the incredible beauty and value of life and death, but by having it witnessed a great a life um, maybe, maybe, maybe that's so. I don't know I'm trying no, to think no, of a way that that, a, that can that's along the path of right. what I'm saying right. is that you can understand uh, we have the idea that to really understand and learn morality it's necessary to go out and sow your wild oats right, yeah. that we tell teenagers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> go out there and drink and do all this stuff and that it'll teach you about life and well you if you really want to learn about life do the right thing right when those tem when those temptations yeah. come trust yes. and obey the lord put him first yes you will come to a deeper understanding that of good yeah. and evil. Deeper. I like that. That reminds me again of that. Well, the white witch knew the deep magic, but there's a deeper magic that she does not know. Yeah. And that's maybe that the depth of And maybe that goes back to the holiness concept of, well, there are many ways to do evil, but there's only one way to do good, to do right. And uh, so the the depth of goodness it's one way but it's deep yeah. <laughs> and and right, wide exactly. but it's very um, interesting Tremendous adventure. well there's our our bell yeah. <laughs> um, it's our music for the second um break and this is the bible live we're working through ish leviticus and matthew uh the phone number 210-340-9585 we'd love to talk with you we have questions um but we'll go to this break and we'll come back 
in just a moment. on what maybe we could say we consider key passages, key stories that Jesus told, mm-hmm. events in his life. Uh, I think, of course, pretty near the first of the book, in chapter 1, uh, we're given Jesus' genealogy, mm-hmm. and Matthew traces he is writing primarily to a Jewish audience, it seems, presenting Jesus as the Messiah, the king mm-hmm. uh, of, of his people. And um, that's why they wrote Jesus, king of the Jews, on his cross. Right. They were mocking him, but that's the idea. Matthew uh, is teaching about the kingdom of God, and the king himself, Jesus Christ. Now, uh, one thing I've been interested always in seeing, the women in Jesus' genealogy. There were five women listed in his uh, genealogy in Matthew, and they were Tamar, Rahab, remember the heart at... at, um, the uh, the Battle of Jericho, and Ruth, the Moabitess, Bathsheba, and Mary. And uh, it's interesting, each of these women, uh, they were not all Jews, for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rahab was not, and Ruth was not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they all five at the same time, had something uh, considered questionable uh, aspect of their life or their character. Uh, now, Mary was definitely a wonderful, godly woman, I, I believe. She had to be. I deeply admire her. Uh, but the, they would saw right. well. As far as culturally what people yeah, thought, right. They, they had things about her that they wrongly uh, mocked and made fun of. But uh, it's interesting the the role of women in his genealogy mm-hmm. 
and even in his life and ministry, how Jesus uh, had to, uh, I remember the only one who seemed to get it that Jesus was going to die was uh, the woman who wiped his feet with her hair. and Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she knew that he was going to die. Uh, The others hadn't gotten that far in their understanding yet Mm -hmm. of the role of the Messiah Mm -hmm. would have that he would die, uh, the ultimate price Mm -hmm. for us. So um, I've I've always been impressed with the women that were around Jesus Mm -hmm. in his life and whose lives were affected by him. Uh, I, I think, too. Well, I mean, I guess I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, I I th- I think one of the reasons, again, maybe sorry to get to. I think maybe again that paradox that um, he is is, you know, thirty two times Matthew mentions the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. He really emphasizes this alternate kingdom where G- I mean Jesus uh, the first will be last the greatest will be the least mm-hmm. the um, and Matthew as a Jew and under this Roman authority I mean the Jewish people were probably some of them uh, more vulnerable and kind of humble see me uh, than mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ever before at least in recent history i mean i, I guess it's hard to get much worse than the, the, maybe the exile of course in babylon i mean here they're under roman authority again um there's a and and you know, they probably were at ripe for trying to understand what kingdom looked like you know um and and so Jesus, I'm sure this concept and this it, it it must have been like a light bulb. I mean, just right. That's how it works. You know, that's how it is. The first is less. It's it's humility. It's a life of um, the least is greatest. The uh, this upside down kind of kingdom. I don't know. And a big part of that uh you know you tend to think of might in a kingdom as as armor you know roman authority mm-hmm. or as military or as mighty and um, economic might right and so again jesus and then matthew and writing about this that emphasis on the wit, you know, the women who might have been a little bit more forgotten, or their yes. testimony not meaning as much, or but you know, you go back to they would have known the Torah, they would have known Genesis, they would have known, uh, you know, the that early early covenant, you know, that the the snake will strike the heel, but this this Messiah of born of a woman will crush Satan's head. I mean, the importance of women. I mean, it was Eve that mm-hmm. sort of, that started it. And she you, was, uh, she was deceived. Mm-hmm. Uh, Satan right. deceived I her. I where this is going. Uh-huh. Adam Joy. evidently 
chose. Mm-hmm. He, I, somewhere I, he- I heard one preacher say, Adam chose, he loved Eve, and he chose to follow her into, uh, under the consequences of sin, uh, as opposed to him going on separate from mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about that, but it's awfully close, it seems like, to the picture. The, Eve was deceived, mm. did lie to and fell for it. Adam didn't, mm-hmm. but he chose to be to join Eve in that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it looks like that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it um, we don't know. We'll find out someday, <laughs> maybe. But uh, but anyway, I not yeah. It was kind of a long about way, but just this um, it, this sort of the unassuming the uh, seems like Matthew. Often, you know, and, and Jesus, you know, with his parables, is emphasizing the power and the authority of the Messiah as the king of this kingdom. But that power and authority is played out in humility and ultimately mm-hmm. sacrifice, self-sacrifice, and love. Uh, uh, I'm I'm convinced, like like you, Stacy. I'm convinced that um, that uh, <laughs> what am I convinced about? <laughs> uh, you, uh, you made me think of it, and it went out of my brain. Uh, but that um, it'll it'll come to me for sure. Uh, there's a lot though packed into Matthew. Okay. Um, he, so Matthew's genealogy starts with uh, Abraham, and he uh, yeah. looks like he traces the maternal lineage. Mm-hmm. If you do read Luke, you know Luke has a genealogy as well. Luke is a Gentile; he is not Jewish. Matthew is Jewish. Luke's genealogy is paternal and dates back to mm. Adam. Um, so if you're just thinking, oh, well, these are two sets of, why are these different? Well, that makes sense. One's maternal, one's paternal. One starts with Abraham, the other with Adam. The Jew- Jewishness is uh, passed forward through the uh, through the mom, mm. through the mother. Uh, and so on. Let me see... Um, I, want, I really wish I could um, r- remember what I was thinking about while ago. Well, that idea of the upside-down kingdom first is last, women uh, um, in their role kind of in, in that. Um, mm, mm. Anything? No? No, nothing. <laughs> the light went out. Se me fue el santo al cielo. You can say it in Spanish. Uh, that's what they de- say in Spain. When he lost an idea, they say, my saint went to heaven, (laughs) which I don't understand, but that's what they say. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, In Matthew, another we see in the birth of Jesus, uh, the astrologers, the Magi, come from the east, probably over in Iran and the Middle East, and they come because they 
saw the star, and they knew about that star because of the Old Testament scriptures. And Daniel spoke of that star, and Daniel probably had part of the, that effect on them, and they came ready to watch him. Then, uh, Which is fascinating because Daniel spent most of his life in Babylon. In Babylon. Yeah, yeah. He was not in Rome <laughs> or That's where right. Jerusalem. He was not in Jerusalem. Well, um, let me see. Then you remember in those early chapters, uh, Jesus was forced to go into Egypt, Joseph mm-hmm. and Mary, probably relying on the gifts mm-hmm. that the white men brought them. They moved down to Egypt to escape Herod's uh, slaughter of the innocents. He started killing all the male babies two years old and under because he wanted to kill this king that was supposedly born. And they had to go down to Egypt. And then when they came back from Egypt, uh, they were told that that was a fulfillment of a prophecy that out of Egypt I've called my son. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is explained that that prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus came back with his parents from Egypt. And they, he was there, of course. We see him when he's 12 years old, probably at his bar mitzvah. He, by that time, he already understands with pretty much a lot of clarity, he understands his role that he is the Messiah and he had to be about his father's business. And then uh, he continued for about 18 years uh, being an obedient servant uh, uh, to his family, his mother. It's thought that his dad died early. He had, oh, let me see. I got one good question here. Uh, I forgot where it is. I like it. I liked it when I read it. Um, well, I think if you're going, um, you know, how you just saying about 18 years does make me think, you know, we classically think of Jesus's crucifixion as around the time when he was 33. Uh-huh. And how do we come to that number? How do we come to that age? And one of the ways is the um, understanding of the taxes. Okay. And uh, so this was a question from Matthew 17. So we're getting a little ahead, but I, it is, uh, I mean, it's just so funny. Matthew is a really interesting book. Mm-hmm. It, if, if there is a parable that, you know, you're vaguely like, oh yeah, this parable, but I don't know where it was found. Probably Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> or if there's, um, so, but the, uh, or a funny story is probably in Matthew. Yeah. Uh, there was something fishy about the way Jesus paid his taxes. Yeah. What did he do? And he, he sent Peter to catch a fish and pay with a coin in its mouth. Um, but one of the reasons that that's interesting and tells us something is that you didn't have to pay taxes until you were 20 in that time. Yeah. And so the fact that Peter had to pay taxes and Jesus had to pay taxes, that tells us there Peter may have was been one of the, the only older. two that mm-hmm. were 20 right. years old or, or, or older. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
That's right. That's right. I don't know um, if that's the question you were thinking of, but um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, Matthew gives us a lot about um, just our understanding of the day to day and and the life of a Jewish rabbi and disciples and fishermen. And mm-hmm. Matthew, his book tells us a lot about the times. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll mention this, a famous part of Matthew, uh, chapter 5 to 7 or 8 is the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, that is famous passage. And only Jacob... Uh, in his book, by the way, Jacob's book had done pretty well. Oh, he sold a pretty good oh, number of copies. Great. You can uh, still find it, I believe. But, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, he's Amazon. writing another book now on the book of Mark. Okay. This other, his first book uh, was based on... The Gospels, I think, right? And, and just One of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the... Co- May have been Matthew, but anyway, uh, w- one of the, the things that he brings out is that in Matthew 5 through 8, what is called the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. when he first read it as a Jewish person, okay. he he immediately thought, oh, that's Jesus doing what the king was supposed to do. And that's a passage in Leviticus, I I think, and Deuteronomy as well, that the king was, every seven years, was supposed to teach the law to the people. Mm -hmm. And and so when Joseph read the passage, he thought, wow, that's that's Jesus. Uh, What he's doing there is not just a pretty... Sermon on the Mount, it's powerful, it's great, deep, but it's him teaching the law to the people. Which is so very Jesus. I mean, he's never just saying one thing. I mean, he says one thing, but he's saying 20 things (laughs) underneath. Talk about deep. Mm -hmm. He's just... uh, Everything is what it is and so much more when it comes to Jesus yeah. and his teachings. So the Sermon on the Mount, uh, in effect, was a... Uh, um, proclamation. It was a, a proclamation. Claiming. It was a claim. Mm-hmm. I, I am the Messiah. I am the King. Mm-hmm. I'm doing what I was commanded to do in God's Word. Wow. And uh, it's really, really quite powerful viewed from that uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Let me see what other main um, thing we see Jesus baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I, I like the picture of Jesus uh, being taken into the wilderness to be uh, tempted by Satan for forty day uh, in after forty days of. of uh, Fasting, mm-hmm. because first place, in, in when it talks about Jesus, it said he will led, and the, our Bible says he will led led into the wilderness, and that means 
Jesus being walking and living under the leadership of the Father and the Holy Spirit working in him. Mm -hmm. But actually the word led into the wilderness to be tempted. The word led is a little bit more violent than that. Mm -hmm. It really is more correctly translated. He was driven into the wilderness mm -hmm. uh, by the Spirit mm -hmm. to be tempted by Satan. And that's a powerful mm -hmm. temptation, a powerful event. Uh, it, what was really going on there? Mm -hmm. What was and it's not a temptation to see if Jesus was God or not. That's what Satan tried to paint it that way. Uh, if you're God, turn that stone into bread. And but Jesus didn't come to the earth right. to prove he was right. God. But how, yes, uh, and how much more? tempting that would be when you look at it like that yeah. i mean so not just um yeah i mean sorry but that really does push it's that button boy satan knows personally yes satan knows how to Oof. tempt right. uh, and think of this i just saw this week uh i hadn't done the study yet but I would like to make a study between the temptations of Eve mm -hmm. and the temptations of Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's very deceptive, mm -hmm. Satan, Satan right. is. He's because, a liar. Right, and he was tempting him in a way, like you said, that's not why Jesus um, ultimately yeah. came. And so Jesus was able to stick to the mission. Um, but it also wouldn't have meant Jesus would cease to be God. Right. So Satan wasn't trying to get him to do something that would cease him to be God. You Satan knows, make, right? You can't make God not God. Be not God. Right. There's nothing to it. But and Jesus he, understood that. You know, I don't have to pr prove that I'm God. Right. But he stayed in the saddle of faith right. because for what our it would sake, have done for us, yes. Not uh, it, Jesus he knew would not who have, he was, yeah, and right. he knew he couldn't be changed. But right. he had to stay under the yoke of faith, obedient, total faith, and submission to the Father to be our representative, right. Right. so that he could be our uh, our Savior. Right. So That's Jesus would not have ceased, faithful. right? He would not have ceased to be God, no. but he would have ceased to be our Savior. He would have, he would have compromised his yeah. um, humanity mm -hmm. by taking on the prerogative of God by stepping outside yeah. of faith, which and, he had the right to do, right? But he did not think, like he Paul says, like Paul said in Philippians two. He did not think it worthy of grasping the, mm -hmm. his deity, mm -hmm. but more important was empty himself mm -hmm. and become uh, uh, faithful unto death yeah. for our sake. Yeah. And so stuck to the mission, as you said. Right. That's, that's true. Which um, I which. It's so difficult because, you, you know, you said Jesus didn't have to prove he was God or he didn't have to. Yeah. And um, 
But at the same time, he was human. I mean, it it would have been probably very like, well, I wonder if this really is all true. I mean, there it must have been a little like. I wonder if it. Well, well, it's called a temptation for a reason. Oh wow! And he could have been tempted. Uh, pride could have risen up or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I think it was a real temptation. But he he smacked it down right yeah. away with, yeah. with God's word. Yeah. Uh, he countered the temptation. And Satan's use of the, wrong use of the scriptures mm-hmm. with a cr- proper Correct. interpretation of God's word. Uh, I don't know what. After the Beatitudes and Sermon on the Mount and the temptation, the golden rule is listed here. Yes, I mean, we, get, we even get to the transfiguration, but we'll have to go more deep dive into the rest of Matthew and start Matthew, and then we're back in Numbers next week, so we'll talk we're more about all of that. Back in Numbers just in time for the new year nice. because that's what numbers are. They're evaluating how many men we have, so we, yeah. if we need this coming here in the battle, we need to be doing our numbers as well. Happy New Year. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.